Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. And I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And it is the day after the Browns lost to the Rams 20-13. Mary Kay, their second straight game at home, only scoring 13 points. Um, so the offense is the topic of conversation. Uh, it is Monday afternoon. Freddie Kitchens has talked. We've had player availability, and we're going to go through six topics here. Uh, sitting outside, so you'll hear a little background noise as usual. But uh, let's get to it, Mary Kay. Why don't you go ahead and go first? All right. Well, let's start with Freddie and the play calling. It is the big, big topic of the day uh, as we come out of this Rams game. And like you said, they've only scored 13 points in each of their two games at home. They are 26th in the NFL with 16.3 points per game. Now, who would have thought heading into this season that we would be worried about scoring points (laughs) with this football team, with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, uh, now they're down a few guys, but you know, never in a million years did I think that we ever thought that this was going to be a problem. Yeah, I, I looked today at the standings just randomly, and I also looked in the uh, the points for column, which, which can sometimes be a little misleading. But still, the Steelers and Browns have scored the same amount of points. Um, some other teams, the Raiders, have only scored one fewer point than the Browns. This is just in the AFC. Um, you know, the Titans have scored 67 points. Now, a lot of those points came against the Browns, of course, in that first week, so that's a little skewed. But you just look at some of these teams that you think, boy, they're struggling, they aren't that good, and they're right there with the Browns with how many points they've scored. And the, and the play calling has just been boring. That You know, I sit up there and watch, and, and I'll rewatch the games, and there's just there's nothing there. There's no motion. There's, you know, they mixed in some RPO yesterday. That was probably when the offense was the most effective, but... There's just nothing happening right now with this offense. No, there isn't. And I think um, when I look back to last season and compare it to this season, I think what happened, and Freddie touched touched on this after the game last night, when he took over as offensive coordinator, they had a staff that was already in place, okay? And it was a veteran, veteran staff full of guys that had been head coaches, play callers, coordinators. They were very, very experienced. You had some really, really good quality guys on there, like Al Saunders and and Ken Zampezi, who had been through these kinds of things before. And they all put their heads together, and they each took an area. And I'll be writing more about this as as the week goes on a little bit, too. But, you know, they each took an area. Third down, red zone, you name it. Uh, You know, protection schemes. And they perfected and honed their area, and they put their heads together and they came up with some really, really good offense. And they also came up with some good offense against some defenses that were somewhat challenged last year. So now you've got Freddie and a whole new staff, okay, completely new offensive staff, and you're playing better defenses as well. And teams have a book on Baker. And you can see that they're doing certain things uh, to try to confuse him, like Greg Williams did, or maybe to try to uh, flush him out of the pocket like the Rams did in some cases. So um, there's a combination of a million things going on right now. And right now it's just, it hasn't come together. It hasn't come together. And and Freddie is, you know, we find him up there saying, you know, I've got to get better. It's, it's my fault. It's a learning curve. These things are new to me. Well, you hate to say it, but they just don't really have time for that. They don't have time. They're one and two. Yeah. They're heading into this grueling stretch of four games out of five on the road. They don't have time for a big, huge learning curve. Yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, we're certainly going to have more on the play calling here coming up, but let's go ahead and 
meld that into topic two because that was something I wanted to bring up, the learning curve. Yep. Um, unfortunately for this team, you know, like you said, the schedule is not their friend right now. You know, they've already played the Rams. Um, they're going to play the Ravens uh, here on Sunday. You know, they've got the Seahawks coming to town. They've got the 49ers who are 3-0 and on Monday night. They've got the Patriots still looming. Uh, you know, that Broncos game, that's a team that's 0-3. Their defense still might be pretty good, though. You know, this this learning curve stuff, it's, it's relevant. We see teams start slow sometimes. I mean, the Texans started really slow last year, and then they went on a run. Um, even the Browns last year started slow and went on the run when their schedule got easier. The Browns' second-half schedule is easier, but they've got to survive this first half first, whatever that looks like. So um, there's not a ton of room for these growing pains, and that's topic number two. No, and I don't think that uh, that, that was supposed to be the idea. I think the idea of, of hiring Freddie Kitchens was to eliminate some of the growing yeah. pains. Have, was have to, some of that, that yeah, carryover. To have the continuity of, an, of the same offense that you had last year. To pick up sort of where you left off last year with that creative offense. Well, you know, it's, it's not that Freddie has gotten any worse since last year. It's just that everything's different. You know, he has, again, a whole new offensive staff, and they're all just learning each other. And I remember even talking to Ryan Lindley, the quarterback's coach, and he was saying, you know, we have to find our offensive identity. Well, at that time I was thinking, it's kind of late for that <laughs> even. You know what I mean? Like, you need to have that already. You need to have your offensive identity before you go into the season. So I think they will start to find it because the thing that you can keep coming back to here is they have the talent to get it yeah. done. And, and that's where you kind of find hope in this. There's, there's other things going on that make you wonder if it actually will happen. But, you know, again, we talked about that second half of the schedule. So if you get to, like, let's say you get through this first part at 3-5, and five, that's not ideal, that's not good. But then maybe you can pick up some wins and get to nine wins, ten wins, and, and maybe contend to make a playoff spot. But then you're, you know, you're fighting uphill. You can't afford to lose a game you're not supposed to lose. You can't afford to lose to a Buffalo or a Cincinnati. Or if Cincinnati gets you one week somehow, um, it, you you reduce your margin for error in that situation. So um, the, these growing pains are. Uh, the, the other thing I was thinking too. Today has just been piling on the Browns day and the national media and the Browns are going through this stuff in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, they aren't hiding at one o'clock on CBS on Sunday anymore. When right. they are on CBS at one o'clock, it's Tony Romo and, and Jim Nance. I don't know who's doing the game Sunday, but that's going to be a big, a big broadcast for CBS. So, um, they're, they're, all of this is happening in the national spotlight yep. and there's nothing bigger than the NFL and there's not many names bigger than Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield and, you know, not many names draw that many eyeballs. So when you struggle, all these guys on national TV, on these national talking head shows, they're going to talk about you and they're going to pile on. Yeah, so let's bring up topic number. Are we on number three? We're on three. Okay, let's bring up Baker Mayfield while we are on the topic of criticism and what's going on with the Browns office and offense and things like that. We've all by now seen Rex Ryan, uh, you know, criticizing Baker very loudly on ESPN. Yeah saying that he's overrated and things like that. Uh, you know, is he overrated or has this offense just not come together yet? He doesn't look good right now. That doesn't mean he's not going to look good. He just does have to be put in the right situations to be successful. I think defensive coordinators are learning what to do with him. He's played against some really good veteran defensive coordinators or defensive uh, guys in general in Wade Phillips, Greg Williams, Mike Vrabel. So, you know, they do have somewhat of a book on him. I think he's better than what he's showing, and I think he's still 
has every opportunity to be a really great franchise quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. But right now, he is 31st in the NFL with a 70.3 rating. (laughs) 31st in the NFL. A lot of that came from the first game when he pressed in the fourth quarter and threw three interceptions. So some of that is a little bit of an aberration. But the thing about Baker Mayfield that that you're gonna you, that we do have to start looking at, he has slipped to one and seven against teams that finished with a winning record last year. <laughs> one and seven. Okay, there's something that's not going right here, and it needs to change in a hurry. Yeah, I, I just think again, he doesn't look like the same confident guy we saw last year. I, I don't know if he doesn't trust his offensive line. He, it feels like there's times when he's leaving the pot. I mean, what did we talk about so much last year? His pocket presence, right? Mm-hmm. right? He was so good in the pocket and moving around in the pocket to avoid pressure. Well, now he's just running. Yeah. And now he's, he's dropping back and he just doesn't look comfortable when he's in that pocket right. and he's bailing out of the pocket quickly. I think sometimes some of these sacks, some of the, I mean, I think there was a play last night where you know, it's easier said than done, obviously, from where I'm sitting. You know, if he steps up, right. he's got time. But instead, he scrambled to his right, and there was pressure coming from the right side. Yeah. And he steps right into a blitzer. Yes. It's things like that that we weren't seeing a year ago. And he's, he's just not comfortable with this. Now, at the same time, you know, that throw to Jarvis that he just missed last night. How many yeah. times did we see that throw last season? Right. You know, that, that seam route where Jarvis goes up and gets the ball. Um, some of the throws he made last night were, okay, this is why you have faith in Baker Mayfield. This is why you believed he could be a franchise quarterback. Right. We're just not seeing it over and over and over again right No, now. And, and you know what? I mean, it's really unfortunate because he's supposed to be making that 25% jump in his second year to becoming that much better of a quarterback. And right now we're not seeing that. And when you're a young quarterback, even though he's so confident, sometimes you start to, your confidence starts to get shaken a little bit, and you don't want that to happen with him. Yeah. You don't want him out there thinking too much. You want him playing. You want him playing confident. You want him, uh, you know, firing the ball around and, and slinging it around and, and being the baker that everybody thinks he is. So hopefully they'll find ways, uh, which brings will bring us to another one of our topics coming up here soon, but hopefully they will find ways uh, to, to work around Odell getting doubled, and help Baker be more successful. Yeah, so, okay, we'll move to um, topic number four, and let's talk about these receivers. Um, You know, let's talk about Odell, let's talk about Jarvis Landry. You know, Odell had those two big splash plays against the Jets, Mm -hmm. but still, we're kind of waiting for that huge game, or that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could say that Monday night game was was it. Mm -hmm. Um, But last night, you know, early on, a couple slants to him, Mm -hmm. got him involved, but we're still waiting for that dominant Odell performance in a mm-hmm. big game. Like, well, now look, we're only three games into this, so yeah. you know it'll happen eventually. But it's just still, it feels like everybody's not on the same page yet. Yeah, and you know what? You have to wonder. Uh, you know, right now the game plan, everybody's game plan is take Odell out of the game. Right? He's getting doubled, mm-hmm. and it's it's just not going well. You know, if you take Odell out, there needs to be other things great things that are happening and Jarvis is making a couple plays yeah. but not what what you would expect so you know I have to wonder if they're not kind of hurting with an Antonio Callaway out you know they don't really have somebody else that can stretch the defense take the top off of the defense right now that's out on the field on a consistent basis uh, they lost David Njoku I, I don't know it's just uh, it's going to be a challenge to figure out how to be a high-powered prolific offense the way you want to be when Odell is going to be taken out of almost every game. 
Yep, and I'm glad you brought up Callaway because I wanted to bring him up uh, because I, I really agree. This team could use somebody who could just streak down the field mm-hmm. that a safety has to pay attention to. Or, I mean, he's got that ability um, where even in a pinch, Baker Mayfield could just do what, a, do what Patrick's, Patrick Mahomes does so yeah. often. Right. You know what? There's nobody there. I'm just going to throw this ball as far as I can and see if my receiver can catch up to it. Yeah. And, and you're missing that without Antonio Callaway. Right. And I think they miss Rashard Higgins. Yes. We, we talked they over do. and over again about that connection that Baker has with Rashard Higgins. He's yeah. a safety net. Um, I'm sure that if Rashard Higgins would have been in when they were backed up in the end zone, he would have been a guy that Baker looked yeah. to. I, I just think he's dropping back. He's not seeing his first read or his second read or whatever, and then he's not able to get to 81. Right. And then that's so often what he was able to do. That's right. what he's been able to do going back to last year. Uh, when he's needed him, Rashard Higgins has been there, and, and I think he really misses not just Callaway, but I think he really misses Higgins. Yeah, and, you know, people always want to say, uh, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. You don't need those reps together. You just need the talent, and, you, you know, we practice together. But there's, there's something to be said for the reps. There's something to be said for timing and chemistry and comfort level and he doesn't have that you don't think that he would have thrown one of those balls to Rashard Higgins in the end zone from the four one of those plays would have gone to him for sure just go to the first drive against Tennessee yeah biggest play was one to Rashard Higgins exactly all right topic five yep topic five let's go to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens coming up next nobody knew what this guy was going to (laughs) be this year but he has been lights out and He's added in. They've added a lot of pieces and parts around him. They're excited about their football team this year. Now we can see why. Um, They've added pieces around him, but he's also improved his throwing a ton. I mean, he can throw the football way better this year than he did last year. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a testament. You know, you always wonder, can you do that? Can Can you improve arm strength and accuracy and those kinds of things? And he seems to have done it. Yeah, I mean, last year in that final game when the Ravens needed to win to get to the playoffs, they had a third down against the Browns, and they ran an option. Yeah. It was like a third and eight, and they ran an option. They didn't trust him to throw the football. Right. Um, and that was very telling, I thought. Yeah. And now, you know, like yesterday against the, the Chiefs, he wasn't great in the first half. No. He struggled. He was kind of trying to force the ball to his tight ends. Then in the second half, he almost leads that team back. So they really have a lot of confidence in him. You can tell he's he's growing. Um, and I thought that was really impressive, the way that he kind of rallied in the second half to play so much better. Like I said, almost brought that team back. You know, John Harbaugh is coaching that team really aggressively right now. He's one of my favorite coaches. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And the Browns, uh, they're actually bigger underdogs in this game than they were against the Rams. Wow. So I think I saw they were six-point underdogs in this game. They were only three against the Rams. So this is going to be a tough matchup, and this is the first AFC North matchup. Um, last night's loss you can stomach. It was an NFC team, whatever. You weren't supposed to beat them necessarily. But now you're 1-2, and two, and if you lose to Baltimore Sunday, that's kind of like two games. And, and now you're really chasing them. Yeah, and it's always hard to win in Baltimore. My goodness. But especially, especially in a year where this is a team that has heard all off season about the great Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns, about the great Odell Beckham Jr., the great Baker Mayfield. And they're sick of it, just like <laughs> you know, other teams, just like the Titans were sick of hearing about how they were going to lose the opener. So these guys are going to be gunning for the Cleveland Browns, and it sets up uh, a really incredible showdown, a nice marquee matchup between 
basically the future of the Cleveland Browns and the future of the Baltimore Ravens. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. We saw it once before at the end of, of last year, and we saw how that turned out, and now it's an improved Lamar Jackson and a struggling Baker Mayfield. What's going to happen on Sunday? Yeah, and if you're the Ravens, you mentioned it. All they've heard about is the Browns and the Steelers. Yep. That's all they heard about. They're the third-best team. And here, Lamar Jackson, he's only lost in the regular season to the Chiefs. Yeah. Obviously, he had the playoff loss to the Chargers, but the only regular season losses he's had are to the Chiefs. Yeah. So uh, he certainly That's doesn't, wanna, doesn't want that to end. Okay, last topic here. Um, let's, let's go back to the play calling, because I don't think we really directly got into this in that first topic. Um, does Freddie need to give up play calling, or is it too soon? Well, funny you should mention that, Dan. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I actually, if I were running the show, I probably would let Todd Munkin call the plays or collaborate on the plays against the Ravens. Why? Because sometimes, just like when you change the pace of an offense in the middle of a football game and all of a sudden you go to the no huddle and you shake things up a little and it jump starts things. Which is something the Browns should do more, by the way. Right, by the way. Uh, but that's kind of how I feel about the play calling situation right now. It's sort of stagnant worse than stagnant at this at the moment uh and i just think it needs an infusion it needs a little bit of new life it needs just an injection of something try anything get this thing rolling especially i mean it's going to be loud and intense and crazy in baltimore i would collaborate at least with todd monk and let him uh be a little bit more involved and see if he can get some things going uh and if it doesn't work out so what Go back and let Freddie do it. It says, you know, look, in Tampa last year, Dirk, Dirk Cutter decided to take it back for a game. It didn't go well, and then he gave it back to Todd Monk, and people get too freaked out about, oh, we can't change the quarterback, we can't change the play caller. Yes, you can. Just like you can, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Just like you can go to the no huddle and then come out of the no huddle. Yeah, and Freddie's a guy that kind of, you know, he gives off the impression he likes to buck convention and he doesn't care about that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if I were Freddie, I, I would. You know, I'd go into Baltimore, I'd call the plays, you know, I'd say, Todd, be ready. You know, maybe yeah. at halftime you make the switch or something like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think for Freddie, this is, this is a proud guy who's, who's worked to get to this yeah. point. I think giving up play calling is something that would be difficult because that's what got him this job. Right. Um, but at the same time, you start losing games, he's, he's, yeah. that's kind of the card he has to play um, where he can say, okay, you know what, I'm ready to do this, I'm ready to give a play call. And, yeah can kind of stave off some worse things for Freddie if this team continues to lose. Well, you know, we heard him say over and over and over again today in his press conference that uh, this is new to me. I'm on a learning curve and all of that, like we talked about before. And, you know, I just think, well, why not, while you're coming up the learning curve, let somebody do it who's done it longer than you have. Todd Munkin called a whole season last year. So he's, he's the more experienced play caller. Maybe it'll be a disaster. Take it back over at halftime if it doesn't work out, right? I, I just think they need to shake it up a little bit. And uh, if, if you keep going like this and the offense keeps struggling, it's just going to seed tension there that we've seen over and over and over again with this organization. Right. And that's something else that you've got to watch for, especially if you're a rookie head coach. Okay, that will do it for uh, this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed to Football Insider. Uh, click the banner at cleveland.com slash browns. Uh, you'll get exclusive content from us, texts from Mary Kay, all of that stuff. So check out the information. Again, that's cleveland.com slash browns. For Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.